This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. He was trying to tell me, he's like, oh, I wish I had gotten to do this. And it was just like in that mode where it's just like, all I want you to do is just not <laughs> say another word to me. Just, <laughs> I don't want you to Timmy me right now, buddy. I, I don't want to hear about your little... <laughs> I want to hear your Johnny combos. I don't want to talk about your Timmy creatures. I don't want anything. I just, I just want to sit here and just feel bad about myself. <laughs> Welcome to the A Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManorDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. Anything that costs a shit ton of mana, you're just like, bang! And they're like, fuck! How does that go? Bang! <laughs> J. Boosh. And that's like the hyper angle. I never want to play in another GP again. I, want to, I never ever want to play in another GP. Jeremy. And you're the reason I play Magic today. I'm like, I just like, I died. I died. I was like, like just melting on the inside like that. I have inspired this kid to play Magic. And Matt. So I'm having this conversation with this guy in Chile about my deck. And then I'm getting pizza from a guy in Canada. Like, magic is fucking weird. And now, the A-Team. Hello, everybody. Welcome to A-Team number eight. I mean, 279. Oh, yeah. I I am Matt Mendoza. And uh, that uh, person who's calling me terrible, that's over there. That's Jeremy Schofield. Yeah. And then... uh, I know because I know my own. Yeah. And then recording with us, as always, Captain Canada. Ooh, welcome to... Whenever he wants to slum it with us. Oh, man, this guy! Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're only recording about 47 minutes late, so you could finish up with your other show. (laughs) What a salty, uh, salty guy. Yeah. I don't know who he hates more, Matt, me or you at this point. It's very uh it's confusing. <laughs> I don't know. You're kinda you're kinda betraying the team here. Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. we need to call this episode Searching for KYT. <laughs> I agree with that. I've always had multiple shows for the record, so Have you? Yeah. You know what? Have I didn't you? care. I didn't really care about you having other shows because you used to show up for this one on time. And you used to care about this one. But obviously you don't. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm glad uh, I was gone for a week to allow you guys to Oh, don't think you're getting off any All here, sorts of bad shit about me. <laughs> we didn't talk a ton of bad shit about you. No, it was cool. It was a good episode. Two guests. How'd you guys let, how'd Jay let you guys do that? He didn't. Uh, he, he didn't know. <laughs> like, he found out that Potter was coming on when I started doing my stupid ramble. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was a stupid ramble, too. Yes. 
But yeah, so uh, we're back. Uh, I'm back anyway. You guys had Doug Potter and Shaheen Sarani on last week. That was a really good episode. Yeah, I thought they're just terrific guests. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, we don't have any guests for you this week. It's just us three. Jay is actually deck building. <laughs> and not the deck building that we like, the deck building that builds a deck. Yeah, and not, like putting not the, wood together. Not the deck that you think. He's not actually even tapping forests. He's not assembling forests. He is uh, not being an orcish lumberjack. He's being a real lumberjack. I, I was confused because he was like, <laughs> the email was, I am trying to build a deck next weekend, and I'm basically fucked, so I'm out this week. Yeah. Speaking of Jeremy, if you want to come and help, I got you all weekend. Yeah. And I actually thought that he needed Jeremy to help him build an actual deck of magic cards. You know what? Now that you actually bring that part of it up, you're really dumb. <laughs> I, I, KYT, I actually felt the same way. I, I, I commented to my, uh, to Lauren, I was like, this is an example of when magic takes over your vocabulary and your life and you just think everybody is talking to you in that jargon. Yeah. And and fuck you, Jer. I mean, <laughs> you're you're the one that's known as like the baller. Um, you're always helping Jay out. You would help him with any cards in your fucking collection. So it would make sense since he always needs his Are help. Are you really up trying to justify your so. position still? Oh <laughs> man, yes I am. Yes I am. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah. So magic content this week. Did we get some announcements today? Yes. Wow. Wow, what an excellent transition. <laughs> Look, there is quite literally an article called Announcement Day. Yes. Yesterday's news, or a couple days old news for you today, in your ears. So we know what the next block is called. We know what the first yeah. two sets are called. We know that we're going to get, like, a Planeswalker deck bundle thing. I didn't read anything about that because I don't know if I care yet. <laughs> um, there's going to be a Plane Chase anthology if you're Jay, but Jay already has all those cards, so... Actually, Jay <laughs> tweeted today, and it was funny, <laughs> where he was asking, like, why the hell should he deal with this? Why are his Plane Chase cards now worth nothing? Where's his reserve list? Because I'm pretty sure Jay might have been the only person who owned Plane Chase cards still. Um, I keep all my magic shit, but I threw out my plane chase cards like, I don't know, maybe four months ago. Just because they were big and awkward yeah. and who the hell is ever going to use them? Except I'm not Jay. And then I played plane chase with Jay and I think I still feel good with my decision. So they need to just do an anthology that's plane chase, arch enemy, commander. They. Uh, and then Avatar, not Commander Avatar. Mythology would be like mint. That would be a stupid, expensive box. Yeah. Uh, what was the uh, the the not Avatar? The big cards, the original, where you played uh, somebody, you played a character. Oh, geez, you're talking about uh... Vanguard. Vanguard, yeah. Yeah, Vanguard. Not necessarily Commander, but Vanguard Plane Chase Arch Enemy box set would be just awesome. I would buy that. So, hell, I'm probably going to buy this one. So, uh, I don't know. Plane Chase looks fun. And 
don't know. It lo- looks like watching Jay, uh, pl- you know, gunsling arch enemy plane chase commander looked really fun. And yeah. just just up my alley where I just want to duel. I don't I don't know about you guys. I don't like multiplayer games. No, I actually hate multiplayer games. Yeah, they just they're just so many suboptimal plays and just blah. <laughs> so, well, you know which is really is- funny how I cuz I had learned how to play magic playing multiplayer yeah, because in my shop we would, I would just go in and we would be like, there would be 14, 16 player multiplayer games. Wow. That yeah, would just I, last three hours or four hours. Oh, yeah. It was always the same thing that we had at our store where you go in and there'd be like two eight foot tables jammed together and the thing would be just surrounded by a circle of people who are all playing like just like these weird multiplayer group game decks and then there'd be the one guy who wants to play the jockle hops armageddon deck and everyone hates that guy <laughs> and then there's a guy who plays limited resources and everybody hates that guy and uh i can't remember what other decks i played back then but um that was kind of what we did and it was it was a great way to learn it because you could be terrible and still win games yeah uh but then when you start like playing like competitively and the one thing that's really odd for me and my, my hate on for multiplayer games is like this, like really, I don't know. It's, I know that it doesn't make me look like a good person, uh, but what it is, is when you play competitive enough and you see your opponent has the win and they don't do the win, whether or not they're slow rolling you or they're unintentionally slow rolling you, you still feel like you're getting slow rolled. And that's a terrible yeah. feeling. It's like the bad manner play, right? So in multiplayer games uh again when we were leaving toronto i was playing with uh uh andrew and i was playing with uh, jay and we're playing like this plane chase commander thing and i'm watching them and it's like okay you're gonna kill us because you've got lethal and then no jay's got something and i'm just sitting there watching like why am i not dead yet why is this game not over yet <laughs> yeah because i can see how you guys are gonna win but you're not doing it because you haven't picked up on it and it's just like it's not bad manner they're not not picking up on it they're just or they're just they're just not seeing it but that's no, the part I don't worse. like about group games where it's like i can deal with yeah. one person but if i can see multiple people who are just dropping the ball on it it just drives me mental well what's worse are the, the players that are i don't know if they're just newer but they're just bad they're just worse because they they see it and then they just choose not to they're like yeah. oh, so he's gonna play something like he could attack me with something and like the dude's on like two lands. It's it's the constant, you know, uh dig through time rant that Jay goes on. You know, well, that I can't do anything. Yeah. Like keep your seven cards. Just <laughs> And that's the thing. Like that's where I think that that's one of those areas where the Johnny player is like the the worst player at the table. Because the Johnny player yeah. doesn't want to win the game. The Johnny player wants to show you the neat thing his deck does. So even if he's ahead and the game's about to win, he's willing to not win the game because he thinks he might be able to show you this really cool interaction that his deck can do. And it's probably something that he doesn't get to do very often because it's probably not very good. But this is his opportunity to show you this cool thing his deck does. And he's gotten ahead, not to win the game, but to buy himself enough time to pull it off. Yeah. 
I and was you know always what? the player that punished those players. Yeah, and I got like I don't want to play magic with those people, but I have no problem with those people playing magic. Like those are the yeah. people who are buying a lot of this stuff or putting money in the wizards' coffers so that they can run the programs that I like. And that's where I came from. I recognized that I was in that mix. I was one of those people, and this is how I got to where I am now. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they want to play competitive, that's cool. But really, for the most part, like they do great things. They pay for the game. They their their money buying packs and stuff like that is probably what's paying for my competitive events. So I don't want them to disappear. Um, I think that there's a lot of fun that can be had there for people who have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. I myself realized that I did not enjoy that when I started building a, I, one of the decks that I built was a blue white counter everything wrath and then re recall like actual recall uh, mm -hmm. blatant thievery a whole bunch of times. So yeah. I just would steal people's lands. Yeah. And then use blatant thievery as like a ramp spell and then eventually just win the game with everybody's stuff. And that's not okay. fun. At least not for everybody else. <laughs> but yeah, so the announcements, there was a bunch of them. So Kaladesh is our new plane. And we got a preview of our new planeswalker. We don't have no idea what she does or whatever. Uh, new commander product, new plane chase. Well, not new plane chase product, but reprinted plane chase product. And some new dual decks. I wasn't super stoked about anything just because it's, I mean, we're going to a new set. We're going to yeah. a plane. Like, <laughs> well, it's kind of we can be happy that it's usual. not a return to set. So that's, that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah. I was actually interested in the bundle and like the many different approaches that the people of magic are trying to come up with products to intro new players. And, uh, They've been, they've had many goes at this, uh, whether it be like the core set, whether it be like the intro packs, whether it be like there's a lot of things and now they're doing this. Uh, I wonder how effective this will be, the whole bundle and planeswalker deck that they're coming out. Because I, 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 I always wanted a, a one go-to product to buy for any budding new player. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I never knew like what was the most effective a plan of action. Well, because you want something that, like, you don't want. It's hard to intro them with a deck that has certain different mechanics. I'd rather them to be able to play with, I guess, a grizzly bear type deck, yeah. a vanilla creature rather, so that they can understand the the whole concept of combat before anything else. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things. Like they had like the deck builder toolkit, which was kind of like a neat little new player gift. Um, they have it, the, the Christmas packs that are kind of neat, but I get you that there isn't really like, hey, you're new, here, have this. Yeah. Like, maybe dual decks are the closest thing, but... They're still, even then, they're still complicated. Way. Yeah, I, I don't know if you can really give that to somebody and expect them to do what you need to do. Like, it's funny, because if somebody were to ask me, like, hey, teach me how to play Magic, like, my go-to is always... Well, do you have an iPhone or do you have an iPad or can you yeah, go on your duels, computer and download duels. duels? 
for like, sure. I do not want to give them cards. Giving them cards just seems like the worst way to go about it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird because because so one of the things that I discovered because uh, I played, you know, we've played Magic for a long time, and I was one of those people that I played Magic first and then played every other game after that. And when I played my when I played Magic, I was super competitive, and then I would have I would do some fun stuff, but basically I was competitive, and then I took that approach to every other ccg that was around at the time so i would play dragon ball z i would play Yu-Gi-Oh. i would play pokemon and i just would want to do the spikiest thing possible and uh one to, one of the the problems that i'm finding is that when uh years later so i really would like to play seventh c or deadlands with friends of mine now the one thing that is the problem with ccgs is that you're not connected to them if you don't own any cards. It's yeah. unlike every other game that I that I've ever experienced, you know, where like you play a board game, if it's your board game, you're probably connected to it a little bit more just because it's yours, but generally, you're going to enjoy the game experience and then you're going to put it back in its box and it's going to go back to its home. Yeah. Whereas part of the appeal to collective card games and LCGs, for example, are just owning the cards. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have a whole bunch of cards to give people, it's hard to get them into games. So it's kind of hard with Magic. Jeremy, you say you don't want to give people cards, and I agree with you. I don't. I think there has. I think there has to be a two-pronged approach. Well, I think you have why- to teach them how to play and then give them their first deck or something. I don't know. Yeah. No. To redefine what I mean, I don't want to give them cards. I have no problem giving them cards. I got shit that I throw in the garbage. Me giving cards to people is even worse because they're all fucking Korean. Uh, <laughs> what I mean by giving them yeah. cards is I don't want to put something in their hands because that just seems way more complicated than the system that we already have. Like, we don't have a portal set anymore. We don't have anything yeah, where it's like yeah. dumbed down magic in paper form. Um, like the intro decks are actually pretty good, but it seems like they're also never around. I don't know about how your story is about giving out an intro decks, but if I needed a couple of intro decks, like this is one of those things where I should be able to walk into a store and go to my local game store type thing like that. I'm like, I want like three or four of these free intro decks that you get just so I can throw them in my car. So if somebody ever says, hey, I want to learn how to play magic, I can pull out something easy and sit down and teach them a game with very vanilla creatures. Because yeah. that's how you have to do it. You have to give somebody a green deck that's full of vanilla creatures, and then you have to like get like a white or a blue or a red deck or something like that, and show them kind of the two sides of it of two decks that play a little bit different than each other, and then that's where it's like you start off with like, oh, you got a bear. Well, my guy's got you know bigger defense, but he can't kill your bear, and they bounce off of each other. But you've got a trick. You know, you get a giant growth, and just do some like really really basic shit. Literally do it the exact same way they do it in the Magic Duels when they're showing a player how to play. Which, again, why don't I just use Magic Duels? Yeah. I, that's the problem with those intro packs, because I, I can tell you from personal experience from, from running the store that I ran, that a lot of times those they send you the product, and then somebody will go up to you and say, hey, do you have all those intro decks? And you're just like, 
oh man, hold on just a second. And then, you know, they get lost in stuff and they disappear or you give them out and then they don't, they, you run out or whatever. Like there's not a constant supply of them. No. Uh, they're not even like a featured product, like learn how to play. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. And you don't get a lot of people that come in to learn how to play magic that you usually have like a first exposure at a friend's house or they watch some, some of their friends play or they, they play duels or whatever, and they don't really need that product. Uh, it's always kind of a weird acquisition for, for magic has always been like a focus point for them, but I've yeah. always wondered how is, what is the most effective way? Because I learned differently from everybody else, and everybody else learned differently from me. And I don't, you know, my my way is definitely not the 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 only way or the best way. And yeah, I had basically just a rules recap, like rules, like here's kind of how you play. I watched a couple games, and then I I like to get in the driver's seat and just drive the car and crash the car until I figure out how to race. Yeah. And that's just like I'm a very hands-on learner. So something like like duels appeals to me whereas as I could see that product being a little intimidating for somebody who doesn't normally play video games and doesn't have anybody there to kind of walk them through it. Right. I mean it's cool that you both mentioned this because it's in the Rosewater article it's it is that and sample decks are now seen as like step one. Yeah. To ramping someone from complete noob to competitive player if they choose to be. Well, fantastic. That's great. That, that means that maybe they're fucking doing it right. I've never seen these sample decks though. Sample decks really? are 30 card mono. Yeah. You've never seen them? You work at no. a fucking game store. See, that's the problem, man. That's the <laughs> fucking problem. Like, this goes back to the whole they're fucking invisible. Yeah. Because you work at the fucking place. Like, you should know yeah. all about them. What's crazy, and what's even more surprising, is that they're, the last two times they've done this, they put the rare, the, the rare that was in those decks was actually a standard legal rare that was not printed or available in that pack set. Yeah, yeah. That, that so, was like, cool Shiva Dragon, for example, was in standard was in M15 or was something like that? Oh, yeah, they did that wacky yeah. shit. Yeah. But it was you could not, get you it couldn't open it. Pack. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just nuts. So, yeah, so like Terra can... Stomper, for example, was in yeah. standard. Fuck, that would be a fun way to mess with a judge. Right? <laughs> um, but uh, outside of the other announcements, I think the only thing I'm I'm sort of excited for, but I already knew was was uh, conspiracy. I I really want to play that, but I'm like you, Matt. For the other sets, I mean, we're, we just know for me, like when new sets are coming that I expect to come, I'm not like jumping off, off of my seat or anything. So, uh, but conspiracy is out of all those products, the one thing that I'm looking forward to trying. You know what I thought was really funny and was like the most wizards thing that I'm excited that they're doing these twice yearly announcements. I think yes. that's great. The problem is that they announced this change of announcements and then they <laughs> didn't announce the fall announcement date. 
<laughs> oh, they were the like, we're going to do a spring time? and a winter announcement, but we're not going to tell you when the next announcement is. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe it's six, maybe it's like six calendar months or whatever, but. At the same time, that's, that's kind of traditional wizards where they tell you like the first half of something and then they don't actually tell you what the next part is. Oh yeah. And then they tell you the next part and then they actually take back the middle part. <laughs> well, they they gave us a va- like a month. You can look for the you can look for the next announcement day in September at the very very end of the whole thing. Okay, did they actually say that? Yeah, okay. yeah. But it was like after like a couple of paragraphs after they said one in the spring, one in the fall. So okay, I've got those magic reading skills. So, <laughs> but still, it didn't feel like. Uh... It didn't feel like the re- like they mentioned this. It didn't feel like the regular announcement post because there's zero graphics um, in this article news piece, and it didn't look like I don't. know, It didn't make me feel super hyped because it wasn't their usual super marketing type post, so. and, and it was kind of dense to get through. Right, it wasn't right. like it wasn't accessible. It was here's a list of products. This is what we're calling them. This is the catchphrase of the new set or whatever. Like. This is whatever. They definitely need to work on the visual aspect of that. Um, yeah. More. I agree. It's because it's a big thing. It's like a lot of Magic players around the world were excited. Like six, like the, the way they said it, six new products, right? So, and it just seemed like just a regular update yeah. <laughs> of sorts. So, yeah, it's excited about Conspiracy. And uh, especially if I get to uh, play with you guys with it, that would be sick. So Yeah, yeah. How do we do that? I don't know. We have to go to another GP altogether again? <laughs> we will yeah, we'll... Uh, we'll make it somehow. Uh, one of the things that I kind of wanted to uh, tease out and more, more info will come later, uh, I would like to put a lot of effort into uh, making this podcast uh, make more money so that we can do more magic stuff. Wow, making money? We could do that with merch. Yeah, merch or however. However, merch. I'm uh, looking at tons of options available to podcasts that are already around, and uh, that's one of the things that I wanted to do because I would like to do more Torontos. Uh, or even, even, you know, if we can make a fund to where we can go to, where half of us can go to something, uh, I don't know. It's just magic is expensive and we like to make magic content and uh, we like to provide the best. And sometimes we're not ham. I wouldn't say hamstrung is the word, but you know, we're limited. So yeah, best case scenario wouldn't be Toronto. If we manage to get like, if face gets another Toronto one, I'm not going to be that available. So preferably one that I won't be working at would be best case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we definitely want you there um, as opposed to not there <laughs> we could have done a live from the info booth oh man no. <laughs> terrible I don't know how, how Petey Pablo would have took that <laughs> well he would have been in it obviously yeah see I don't know if that's good for us <laughs> So uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you guys about is Kaladesh. Do you think Kaladesh is going to be another Mirrodin-type set? 
Um, no. Okay. I think it'll be more of another... Fuck, I don't know. I think about it and I'm like, well, that was a Mirrodin set. What about this one? No, that was a Mirrodin set too. <laughs> so I, it's if if the flavor of Pia and Kieran and all the Thopter guys and yeah. all that is any indication, it could be a very artifact heavy set, and maybe looking for cards that affect that interact well with artifacts. Yeah, where I think it's different than Mirrodin is I think it'll be an artifact-heavy set that's not artifact-creature-heavy. Uh, that makes sense. That's, that's what I'm trying to figure Thopters and stuff like I that. Equipment and good old-fashioned brown town artifacts and <laughs> uh, and that kind of shit. Maybe maybe creature tokens. I don't know, like Thopters. Thopters for yeah. days. Good rocks would be nice. For once again. Well, you know what everybody's going on about now. Uh-huh. We should see our uh, Steam Flogger boss spike again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everybody wants Steam Flogger boss to be a thing. <laughs> I never saw that uh, Mean Girls thing, but I know that I think there's some sort of quote like, stop trying to make it a thing or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm also excited. Uh, Magic, it once again, continues to be progressive and i really enjoy that and featuring a very indian pakistani inspired world with a very indian uh pakistani uh looking character which is really cool uh i like that they have really good food i know i had i had we have one of the best indian restaurants in the country in our town and oh, yeah. they do a Sunday lunch buffet. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And I ate so much yesterday with my mom. It was great. Now, do you use utensils? I do. Uh, only oh, because... you're terrible. You're the worst. Well, yeah. The worst has been sure. announced. I, when I go to Ethiopian food, I don't use utensils. But I don't, when I eat Indian food, I don't exclusively use naan. Oh, you have to that's on, man. Like it's just straight carbs, carbs, yeah. carbs, carbs. <laughs> and then when you're done with the carbs, you just get in there with your fingers anyway. Yeah. Oh my god. Yep. And uh yeah, so it was also uh a big weekend for modern in that they there was TCG player states all over the country. Mm-hmm. Which was, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, uh, much smaller than SCG states. So, for example, where the SCG states that I won was 50 players, the TCG player states uh, that was this weekend was 20 players. Uh, which begs the question, why the hell do we need two states? And when the hell can we just get states back? Oh, so you want you want Watsy to step in and take away all the states? I want, yeah, absolutely. I want, I want it back. Uh, probably would not happen unless they want to redo the way they do the World Magic Cup. Okay, let's redo the way we do the World Magic Cup. No, impossible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait till you have an opinion. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I don't think that's possible either because it would, I would love it. I would love provincials. I would love nationals uh, for Canada. I just don't see how they're going to do that. Yeah. I really miss that regionals, states, nationals, provincials, regionals, all that stuff. I miss it. I understand it's problematic for some parts of the world, but uh, right, whatever. Right, I, I still miss that from a, um, I guess, chess background per, uh, perspective, where I wanted to be provincial champion, get qualified for Nats, representing my province, let's say, and uh, then trying to be, become Canadian champion. Um, Whereas now it's not like you're not crowned as Canadian champion through a tournament. You're crowned as the Canadian captain via points. By being better than all the other Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> and so, which isn't the same thing as it's less open ended in the sense that not everyone um, is going to grind, has, has the opportunity to grind the circuit. And also by playing in like the world match uh, the previous world, uh, players championship uh, world championship you get like a if you win a, a decent number of games you have like the significant oh yeah people who play uh, the theme. world magic cup like get a, a distinct advantage at getting their platinums and all that kind of shit right right so i mean but at the same time you you want to reward those people so yeah you know, i yeah i just missed that tournament where it was more open-ended, and uh, it was this huge national championship, and it was pretty damn awesome. I, I do miss it too, Matt, but uh, I don't think they're going to do it uh, anytime soon. <laughs> Why do y'all have to be so reasonable? Jeez. I mean, yeah, they just want to make it the same across the world. That's the, that's the issue. Yeah. I'm very excited to see which Named Pro is going to travel to Alberta to win RWMCQ. <laughs> Alex Hayne, always. Hashtag Hayne. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Did you guys pay attention to the modern uh, tournaments or anything going on? Uh, I see that like everybody's finally picking up on Dredge. Prize to Algamam, Nam Nam is a thing. Yeah, I, I am, though... So the one major event that happened this weekend was the Indianapolis Modern Open, and which drew a lot of states players, for example, uh, because of their poor scheduling or whatever. And um, so the dredge deck was a thing, definitely going into the weekend. But if we're look, if you look at the top thirty-two, uh, it's not there <laughs> at all. And according to Jeremy, these modern classics and modern opens are like the softest events ever where you can play Celestial Flare in your deck. And what? Yeah, you what, were right. What, what, what tournament am I slagging on? Yeah, the modern opens and classics. Yeah, classics are like a thing. Yeah, the classics specifically. Probably. This one wasn't open. Yeah, uh, an open's actually a tournament. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty right. much a fucking GP these days, so... Yeah, one of the the so the two main storylines this weekend was Nahiri, Nahiri, Nahiri. Yeah, she is currently everywhere, uh, and we see that actually in the first place Peter Ingram's list and the 
eighth place, John Pellman's list, uh, the white red control deck and Jeskai control decks that basically just used Nahiri to power out Emrakul's and win the game there. So yeah. uh, the white red control deck by John Pellman goes in a more prisony kind of uh, kind of approach like my deck. Where it yeah. plays Blood Moons and Ley Lines and Day of Judgments and Chalices and uh, also shout out to Storm Breath Dragon. And uh, it basically tries to power out Planeswalkers and then protect Nahiri and plays Nahiri. And, <laughs> and then the Jeskai control deck, what's really cool about Nahiri in these blue-white red decks is that part of the problem is that with that these decks have had is that there's your endgame can be kind of weak. And when you can you can make the sub game all about protecting Nahiri, and then eventually you just play an you just get to ultimate Nahiri and play an Emrakul, it becomes a much stronger deck. Well, yeah, it also lets you get rid of your shit cards. It can get rid of problematic threats because oh, yeah. you can just exile them. Like watching the card gives you game against Boggles because it's like you drop uh... Nahiri, you murder an enchantment. They lose their their oh, uh, whatever yeah. the daybreak coronet at the same time, like well, you all of a sudden don't have multiple enchantments on there. But. Yeah, but at the same like it, it it just gives you that ability that like if you can disrupt some of their enchantment shit with your you know regular counter magic and stuff like that, you now all of a have this, uh, all of a sudden have this Nahiri that can go in there. And if he's got multiple shit enchantments on it in daybreak coronet, then you exile the daybreak coronet. And he yeah. has multiple shit enchantments, you know, like it, it it gives you like some of these weird things where it's like, okay, now I can knock that creature down so I can kill it with uh some sort of uh whatever the three damage bullshit card is called. Uh lightning <laughs> bolt? No, no, not that one. You can't you can't target things in boggles. Uh keep with me. Come on, buddy. Um the... you pay three mana, it does three damage to all kinds of things. Oh, Anger, Anger of the, the gods. gods. Yes, that's the one. See, KYT's on his game. Well, there's also Storm and Fire Spout. Yeah. And See, I could go through the trouble break. learning all the card names, but where is the fun in that? <laughs> uh, Dozer, I, I want to know if, if this Jeskai deck is with the one Emrakul. Is this a new thing? or? Yeah, actually, yeah. it's a fairly new thing. I mean, the Jeskai deck has obviously been around for a while, but this Nahiri list is much different in that it basically tries to it it has a sub game of protect Nahiri and yeah. so that you can just get them to 15 and then Emrakul them out okay because I was I was not following the indie open at all I was okay. actually there was another tournament that was on this weekend yeah sort of the magic online the, thing when it worked yeah the magic online championship that people were uh once again, making fun of, um, uh, yeah. and uh, Jerry, Jerry, our boy Jerry, uh, super, super uh, awesome friend of the show, uh, actually played this as his list for Modern. Um, it oh, wasn't cool. this exact version, but I, that's what he brought to the table. So that's opening my eyes that uh, the stack is definitely uh, the real deal. Yeah, it's 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 scary. I played against it earlier, and I think we're actually pretty well positioned. But even then, it was just it was just super stressful because Nahiri just ultimates so quickly. Yeah, like two turns, boom. Then you know whatever. And all the while, like 
you're getting card selection because you're able to discard your your dud cards or whatever. You're keep you keep drawing gas. But uh yeah, we uh it's definitely Nahiri is a thing. Yeah, and, and the nice thing about Nahiri also is that six loyalty off the get go if you want. Yeah. Yeah. So six loyalty and she gets rid of wow. like your spell snare that's no good anymore. Or gets rid of your redundant land. Or she throws a spell into the graveyard to make your Snapcaster Mage next turn just a little bit better because maybe you don't have a good spell in the graveyard. So, you know, she she can do a few different little things. Yeah. And you don't even have to be brought down to 15. You can just do it as soon as yeah. you can, and the other guy's already crippled. Yeah, and it's a five-card package, so they didn't really have to, like, chop a leg off in order to jam it in there either. Yeah. So that that's that's the real nice part about it is that it's just the four Nahiris and the Emrakul that you just jam into the shell. You don't have to change anything else in this Jeskai control deck. Hmm. Yeah. This looks. Yeah, I was watching uh, McLaren play this it. Looks good. And he was having fun with it. Oh no, the Jeskai god himself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is on it. Um, wow. I mean, I'm ho- I'm hoping the Dozers list uh, survives against. Against this, yeah, actually, uh, I, I've been like trying to figure out how we match up well against how we match up against it. Obviously, the mode I'm most scared about is it. They play Nahiri and can exile Blood Moon. Yeah, but these decks play one to two planes only, so an early Blood Moon, especially when I'm maneuvering around Counter Magic, can be pretty effective. And usually will stick, at least long enough for me to play other threats. Yeah, so, that's the thing. If they know you have Blood Moon, they're going to try and bring up a planes, but they yeah. probably don't because they think they're playing against a real deck, and then they find you, and then <laughs> uh, you get them game one, and you'll feel all fucking pumped, and then game two, they just play around your shit, and they get the planes, and then you probably get them again anyways because you're playing fucking Stone Rain, and they're like, what the fuck am I playing against Stone Rain for? And yeah. Then they maybe lose to you because they don't have a lot of ways to deal with your shit, and life goes on. Yeah, I we also thought about the the creatures. My the creature package that we're actually just naturally playing is pretty good against Nahiri actually because we brought in Thruns and uh, yeah, Thruns Thrun can't be targeted. Yeah. Uh, dragons can't be targeted by Nahiri. They also can't be pathed. Uh, they have to double bolt or like Helix bolt or something like that to get rid of it um, or Cryptic. Cryptic helps. Um, Inferno Titan comes down and is as pseudo haste against Nahiri, so it can it can itself help deal with Nahiri. And then um, post board, actually, an interaction that I noticed is that so I got into the situation where I had a Kitchen Finks in play, and he had a Nahiri and a Snapcaster Mage. So I attacked with the Kitchen Finks. He blocked with Snapcaster Mage. Uh, it persisted, but it persisted back untapped. Yeah. So it so Nahiri still couldn't kill it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we may at that point though. Up, Nahiri doesn't really need to kill it. Um. Yeah. I mean, but then, but then, what you can also do, like what the the position I was in was, I was able to attack Nahiri with Kitchen Finks to to bait his mana on combat because he was he went like Snapcaster Bolt. And then I was able to resolve whatever I wanted to resolve. 
So it's it's not about whether it gets there all the way. It just gets there enough to where I can maneuver around. Yeah, see, and that just seems like he's just playing magic bad then. Like, why would you put so much into a thing that doesn't actually kill your planeswalker? Because you're plusing two and it's getting hit for two. Like, why would you overcommit into that? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I don't, I, I, I understand what you learned there. I just, I don't know how much it's valuable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that absolutely could be the case. Yeah. I, I mean, may, and maybe like, all I would at say that is point, I'm just being better than him. Yes, and don't let yourself, you know, don't let yourself feel super strong about that because that just doesn't seem very optimal with the way he was going about it. Yeah. Um, but no, like, it's good to get the reps. It's definitely good to get the reps. The deck looks really neat. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I can play a deck like that. Are you talking about my deck? deck What? Are you talking about my deck? I'm talking about Jeskai Control. Okay, yeah. Yeah. What? Why not? Uh, Honestly, uh, I'm coming to the realization that as I am getting older, I'm just, I don't play the game fast enough. So I I know that the deck actually has a faster win condition than usual. Yeah. But I just, I don't feel like I can play those decks very well anymore. Like I tried to play Control this weekend and holy fuck. (laughs) <laughs> like when i'm losing to like fucking mendoza decks like jesus yep i man i thought you felt company was gonna be tough and then you you played it well so i don't know jerry true that's true but company is think you're company uh, a, like <laughs> again i had my success in addison restored limited okay i know, I know. <laughs> so if you want to know what that's like if you never got to play addison restore limited Go into your fucking gaming supplies, grab a box of dice and roll them. If you get a lot of sixes, then you won. If you got a lot of ones, then you didn't. <laughs> That's how Avacyn Restored Limited was. Um, so I'm, I'm good at rolling sixes at times when it counts. And that's how I did my bank coco. That's how I won my PPGQ. Yeah. <laughs> um, another, another interesting... Uh, there's a couple interesting things to come out of this particular tournament. We see, for example, a lot of movement away from blue tempo and a lot of movement towards red, especially red removal. And one of the decks that we see, Alex Zorowski, his fourth place deck, Green Black Infect, with Phyrexian Crusader. That card seems... We talked about this deck already. Yeah. We talked about it a couple months ago. Okay. Well, it's still good. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Crusader's very well positioned. Yeah. Uh, I knew it had protection from white. I forgot it had protection from... Uh, I knew it had protection from red. I forgot it had protection from white because I thought it was protection from green. So... Uh, and then uh, also green-red Tron is dead, of course. What? Oh I'm my kidding. god, you were I'm you were kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Thank thank you. Thank you for kidding because it's like there's actually two real talking points about this tournament. And I thought you were gonna miss both of them. But yes, no. the green red tron. Green red four, tron was the Yeah, the four green red tron lists that day two'd all top thirty two'd. So obviously the deck is not is yeah, is fine. The deck is fine. How many people were playing in this event? Um, I don't know. Because I think oh, that there was way more than four green-red Tron lists. They were saying that it was the highest represented deck in day two. Okay. Like it it had the highest conversion was... rate of all of all decks. Okay. 
So all the green red Tron players, like they had the highest conversion to day two or day two conversion. The yeah. part that was really interesting is that zero Abzang company decks made day two. Oh wow, that's really fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually looking up like, this uh, the covers right now. Yeah, that was one of the big fucking things. Like, there's a fucking Slivers deck in 16th place, and Abzan Company didn't make day two. So Slivers made day two. Slivers had yeah. a representation was, in day two. Jared, was this the first major tournament, uh, major live tournament since Shadows? Uh, for Modern? Yeah. Because, like, I don't know how new, like, it seems like World Breaker and Ulamog are, well, Ulamog's been a standard for, for a while now, but now World Breaker two or three copies is now the standard. It, it seems like, at least in this tournament, it seems to be a two to three copy standard in Green Red Tron. You know, I can't think of a Modern tournament that happened since the bans, like a big Modern tournament since then. I think States Weekend was like the biggest. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's. I think that might be accurate. I think States is kind of the closest thing we've had to like tournaments. I actually, and I do think there was a there was a classic between now and Shadows. Yeah, at least. a classic. Come on. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. Like I'm sure they got about the same amount of people as you got at your States and where you were from. You know, like a Friday Night Magic turnout. Uh, I think it was more, but I mean, point taken. Yeah, and actually, I found the full metagame the the metagame day two <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> metagame. I want to find. The, tell me the metagame. I'm going to tell you the metagame. <laughs> I knew Gerald wasn't going to let it go. Oh, I know. Uh, ten at Tron decks actually made day two. Oh, uh, Kyle, you have two options now, buddy. The metagame is the top. Meta, metagame, <laughs> or searching for KYT. <laughs> we got to do Knights of Metagame. Knights of Metagame. Uh, or whatever. Uh, so yeah, Jund was seven, Scape Troops was five, Infect, Jeskai Control, Kiki Cord, Red Green Valakut. Uh, Abzan actually did make two, but I. The, so were they Abzan were, Company? I don't know. That's, yeah, because when you see Abzan, I think of more of like a Jund. A oh, Jund yeah, white yeah, yeah. I see. That's how I delineate yeah. them myself. Yeah. yeah. So Abzan I, I is Abzan. Jund with white, and Abzan Company is Abzan Company. Yeah. So, huh. Looks like that deck's not very good. I'm just amazed that it didn't show up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has to be more than just the the wrong players playing it or them having a bad day. It, it's it, probably something like that. I Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it that's that's really weird. Like, does Red Green Tron just wreck that deck? Because Red Green Tron had a very, very good weekend, and they beat up on Jund, and they beat up on, like, Abzan, uh, the non-Coco Abzan. I don't know if they do well against Abzan-Coco. I, I kind of have not played a ton of modern in the Abzan-Coco life. Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm look really at this excited about to the see. dredge deck that we're seeing that came out of like that you know kind of made it showing at this uh it was it was it was showing up online a bit but it also was making a showing at the MTGO event. Two guys yeah. playing the same list. I'm guessing they tested together. I don't know. I I didn't watch any coverage on it. I had a busy week, unfortunately. So 
didn't get to watch a lot of coverage. I mean, I, I don't recognize too many. I can only recognize maybe two, three names in this top three, too. So I'm excited to see what uh, it's going to look like in Los Angeles. Yes, Los Angeles is going to be a... We, yeah, Los Angeles is just going to be a better gauge of what the hell's going on in modern. Yeah. Absolutely. I definitely like, agree with that. But. Yeah, like, the, the tough part about, like, SCGs, I don't think people, like, there, there is definitely a, a, a group of SCG grinders. They are real people. They really exist and stuff like that. But the players that, the Pro Tour players are more likely to travel to the Grand Prix instead of traveling to the SCGs because they still want to do their Platinum and everything like that. If they change the way everything works next year, then we might see SCG start to get more big-name players traveling to events and being there on the circuit all the time. It's just right now we don't have enough of those players at the events so that we always see them in the top eights. Yeah. So that that's what legitimizes the tournaments a little bit more. Like, SCG's done great uh, hero building and making their, their, their grinders known grinders so that they've got a good stable of guys so that every week you can look at it and you can say, oh, I know who that guy is. Has he ever been at the Pro Tour? I don't know. But I know who he is. Yeah. I, like, I'm more interested in seeing... Like, I was more interested in the Mox list just because there's people that I really respect and know. Yeah. Like, really really wanted to know what Jerry was playing. Really, uh, I'm looking at, like, Mike Sigris list, for example. Yep. John, seeing him play two copies of Kalidus, and, and the rest Kalidus. is basically classic John. The rest. And, uh, yeah, apparently it's it's... He feels, at least before the tournament, that it was one of the better decks in Modern. So, I also... In terms of the mocks, and this is kind of going back to coverage. <laughs> oh, no. Can, Shout out to Neil Rigby. <laughs> yeah. Can there be possibly... An, like, this was an invitation-only tournament with 16 players or something like that? Three three people who didn't show up. Three people who didn't show up. The first place winner gets twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah. It could it be less of a big deal? Like it it was not like I don't I didn't get you don't get like I kind of like I don't know about you guys, but what I li- I kind of listen to the residual. Uh. Murmurings about coverage, about events, and stuff like that. I kind of gauge like I, I kind of I, like. Please listen. just get it out of your mouth. Yeah, for fuck's sakes. Well, it's it's hard to explain because you I, don't want to offend like, somebody. Just use your words. No, 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 no. It's not. I'm not trying to offend. I'm trying to explain something I've never explained before. Okay. It, you know when you're trying to get um to to like get wind of something, you're trying to just kind of. I'm trying to get wind of what you're saying. I know. Okay. The the metagrain. The metagrain. <laughs> it's all about the metagrain. I okay. So what I do is whenever there's an event, I kind yeah. of look around at social media. I kind of listen to what my friends are talking about. Let's see if and, anyone. And listen to podcasts and all that stuff. And you you kind of get an idea of how big of a deal an event is by those sort of. So you're trying to follow the hype. 
Correct. Okay. I did not feel like this was anything. Okay, so here's an honest question I want an honest answer from. Did you actually know that this tournament was going on before it was streamed? I did not. Yeah, so I was the same way. I literally went on Twitch and I'm like, oh, Magic's online. I wonder what's going on. It's maybe one of these weird community things where I see people I don't really know doing things that I'm supposed to care about. And then I'm like, oh, Magic Online Championships, that's now? So that was that was my whole experience with wow. And then they had like something where it's like I couldn't hear an interview. And then I saw another interview. Like I got on there and it was like, oh, well, that match just finished up. And then I saw Kenji kind of pushing his stream a little bit and then doing like a replay of another match. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to go to modern, but it's lunch break. So we're going to have an hour of us doing the same interviews on loop. And I watched that for a few minutes and then decided I didn't want to do that anymore and stopped watching. Yeah. But that's kind of what I'm talking about is that the bigger story was the players not showing up. Oh, man. (laughs) And when the bigger story is the is three players not showing up to your 16 player tournament and not the actual tournament. Five thousand grand or whatever. Twenty five hundred. How much was it? it is the winner got twenty five grand. Yeah. Twenty five grand and a seat at the world championships. It, it, I don't know. It just it and platinum was not talked about. <laughs> the whole Platy also, from what I'm reading here, yeah, earning him twenty five thousand platinum status in Pro Tour Players Club and invitational to the 2016 yeah, World Championship. The people who didn't show up had passport issues, is what I heard. Yeah, it was. I remember reading one tweet where it's like, literally, just spoke to the guy who lost in the finals to one of the guys who didn't show up. Would have been really nice. He wasn't going to make it. My buddy would have jumped on a plane in the middle of the night to be there. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's just these, it, this and like the Super Sunday Series Championship, like, they, they just need to be a bigger deal. And they're well, not. And the tough part is, is that it doesn't need to be a bigger deal for me. It doesn't need to be a bigger deal for you. <laughs> it needs to be a bigger deal for the people putting the tournament on. They yeah. kind of have to give a shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just knew that I only started caring a bit when I realized that Jerry uh, made top four. Yeah, I had but no idea. Outside of that. Like, oh, Sigurds is in it. Oh, Jerry's in it. Oh, Sam yeah, is Sam, in it. Yeah, oh, right. Right. Um. I did not know they play le- play Legacy. <laughs> yeah, and apparently, like the finals, like I was, I was at the, uh, I was at our uh, PPTQ in town here. But apparently, like the finals, you got to pick which format you wanted to play a match in, and then you played another match after that. So they played the yeah. like, best of three matches. Yeah, the first seed you get to pick Legacy, Modern, or Standard. And then, yeah, the second okay, so they the they took match. the Star City model. Is that how Star City does their? That's how Star City did it. Really? Neat. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So uh, that was that. And magic. Yeah. So Jeremy, you played in a PPTQ. Yeah. Let's. (laughs) So. uh... And you you lost to my favorite deck, John Binder Rares. Yeah. Yeah. So I get to the tournament, and well, I put together some stuff. Uh, my local shop is 
finally making the move to online in a very, very limited capacity. Okay. So, How so? well, they, they, they have a website now where I can go and order cards off of it and pay via PayPal and okay. like, ship them to my house. But for the most part, like, I think it's really set up better for like pickup at store. So I sat there and I go and I decide I'm going to play Serrani's list because I think Kalitas is neat and I think killing tokens is a good thing. And that's what I want to do because playing bank company against green white tokens is the last thing I want to do. Yeah. So I grab my Grixis list. I start putting all my cards together. I realize I'm missing a bunch of stuff. I jump on the, uh, what is that? I think it's like warp comics or warpcards.com or something. And uh, I start uh, looking up all the stuff. And it's it's a really, really early on site. Yeah, warpcards.com. And I was going in there, putting my stuff together, and it all kind of worked out. I got my cards. So I was, I was a happy camper. I show up at the event. I have to sleeve things. But at least I'm not staying in line when they're trying to do the first round pairings. So we're one leg up on GP Toronto already. <laughs> um, I still am talking to my buddy, Mike Lewis. Uh, he was the guy who had lent me the deck that I beat in the finals of the last PPTQ. So I was talking to him and he was like telling me what the English names of cards were and then telling me what cards do. Because I didn't know what some of my cards did. Like I didn't actually know what Goblin Dark Dwellers did. Like I knew what it does, but I didn't know that it had to be a three casting cost spell or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like little stupid shit like that. Or I had the uh, pick the brain in my deck. I have a Korean one. I don't know what it does. I know what the card looks like. If you asked me to grab you a pick the brain, I could go through my shit and get you some. But I couldn't tell you what the card did at the time. So he was just helping me out with some of that stuff. And uh, I get paired up for my first match. And I sit down and my opponent starts playing out a few things. And it turns out he's playing like the exact same list. So it's like, well, shit. He had just gotten <laughs> handed the deck also. So we are both playing our very first game with the deck against each other. Um, his goes, he casts, read the bone like three times before I get any sort of card draw. So he just has me beat on cards. We play back and forth. Everything kind of goes. And he just, he edges me out because he just had more value spells. So he had read the bones a few times. Then he was able to jam a couple uh, creatures out, uh, like the Goblin Dark Dwellers and all that kind of stuff. And I just, I couldn't keep up with them, like ruinous paths and everything. I had a really bad sequence where I tried to do a dark petition, but I didn't actually have um, a good target for my my Goblin Dark Dwellers that I was going to cast. And like I had it in my head, it's like, okay, I can get a Coal Guns command and I can do this and put myself ahead. Uh, or I can go and get like a Goblin Dark Dwellers. But then all of a sudden my brain got all confused and I was like, oh, I'll get the Goblin Dark Dwellers and then I'll cast the the Colgan's command in my graveyard and I'll, I'll totally wreck him. There wasn't a Colgan's command in my graveyard. I was just being dumb. <laughs> so I had like gotten myself right into the tank and like completely drowned myself in the tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ended up making like a subpar play that turn. And that's enough. That's enough that I was playing against a very, very competent player and he jumped all over me for it. So uh, a guy named Brett Steele, he's, he's, he's good. He's uh, starting to team up with some of like the, there's like a new, micro team that's kind of like forming in edmonton and it's a bunch of like it's it's a uh, bisu and a bunch of like guys with him like zach Turnchan. Uh, i don't know kyt if you know any of these guys but like they're good players that if they all start working together i could see them you know really kind of breaking out a bit so uh yeah it just it didn't go very well we did sideboard games i made a mistake like i took out one colgan's command which was just terrible um, I put some stuff in my deck that I shouldn't have. 
Um, I just completely forgot. It was literally, I'm sitting there and I, I do my sideboard, I present my deck, and then just as my opponent presents my deck, I'm like, fuck, I sideboarded wrong. And he just kind of looked at me and I went back to it. And what it was is at that moment there, I realized that our Wandering Fumaroles are actually going to be one of the most important cards in this matchup. Because we're going to okay. be very threat light and our removal suites are very, very strong at getting rid of, um, like getting rid of creatures at sorcery speed. So the man lands are going to be very powerful. And when I'm cutting cards to combat him, the cards that I cut were like my instant speed removal, essentially my, my mm-hmm. one mana shock and my two mana minus four minus four, my gra- grasp of darkness. So I, I, cut the cards that I needed in order to be able to deal with that particular card. And in the end, it ended up doing like 12 points of damage to me. So it, it closed out the game. Like he was able to turn the corner on me very quickly. So I lost that one. I'm sitting there and I didn't want to beat myself up over. I'm like X1, whatever. We had 36 players. Yeah, 36 players. So we had six rounds. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I, I'll just move on to the next one. And then I sit down and I play against the guy who goes Sylvan Advocate. Then, like, I, I, I look at his hand with uh, whatever the, the, the take a three casting cost spell or whatever. Uh-huh. Or greater. So I, I look at his hand and I, I see he goes Sylvan Advocate. Then he shows me the plus one, plus one, and double strike. So I take that off. And he also shows me the four mana, three, three guy that has landfall. So then I, I do it again on turn three, and I take the, the landfall guy away. So then he drops something, and I drop something. And then his next turn, he follows it up with, like, double Sylvan Advocate. So I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, he's got this massive army. And then he's playing a whole bunch of ramp spells at the, to go with it. And, like, the land that you can sack to get two more lands. So he was able to turn on his Advocates very quickly. And then he followed up with, like, a Dragonlord Tarka. Uh, beat the shit out of me. So I'm like, I thought I'm like, okay, I'm looking at him like I'm playing some sort of weird red green landfall ramp deck. That that's what I figured I was up against because I only saw red green. So in game two, he like busts up the black cards and he starts junding me. And it's literally like random weird jun binder rares dot deck with like get frog <laughs> frog and yeah, I just like I I can't compete with the big ass creatures. And I just wasn't getting any sort of card draw, and the deck just wasn't able... I wasn't getting any of my value cards. I couldn't get a Garden Dark Dweller. I couldn't get a Dark Petition. I couldn't get anything to kind of get myself out of the hole. So I was just sitting on a Jace that when the Jace flipped, he actually became worse. Because I had nothing in my graveyard. Oh, yeah. You know, where it's like, if I could just keep him looting, holy shit, the card would have been amazing. But a flip Jace that was, like, significantly worse because he flipped. And then his ability to turn on his uh, Sylvan Advocates was just, it was really good because that deck has a tougher time dealing with just big creatures. I only have so many Rune Partitions or whatever that Rune... Ruinous Path? Ruinous Path, that's what it is. Yeah, Ruinous Path. I only have so many of them, so I can't actually compete with, with his creatures because if I don't get them, then I can't bounce them back. And I've only got three in the deck, and I, yeah, I just couldn't keep up with his shit, so... So he beat the living crap out of me, and I sat there, and when I lost that game, <laughs> he was trying to tell me, he's like, oh, I wish I had gotten to do this, and it was just like in that mode where it's just like, all I want you to do is just not say another word to me, just, <laughs> just get up and go talk to anybody else, I just don't want to talk, I don't want you, 
I don't want you to Timmy me right now, buddy. I, I don't want to hear about your little... <laughs> I don't want to hear your Johnny combos. I don't want to talk about your Timmy creatures. I don't want anything. I just, I just want to sit here and just feel bad about myself. <laughs> so I sat there and I'm like just feeling terrible. And then I look around and I'm sitting there and I get out the piece of paper and I start drying out the brackets and like, yeah, two X2s are going to make it. And it's not going to be the guy who X2s right now because I'm going to be like one of like 11 people at X2 who are going to try and get in. So there's 0% chance I'm going to get in. Uh, I lost to a very good player, and I lost to Jun Binder Monsters, so I'm not going to play this anymore. X2 is Cruelty, and you prize to X2, but I didn't want to play anymore. So I went over, I dropped. Uh, I watched my buddy Mike, because uh, Mike Lewis, he's, uh, he's my old roommate. He's the guy who runs uh, the Warp, like, he's the manager of the Warp 2 store, that my local game store. And he is... He is an honest-to-goodness good deck brewer. Like, he is a guy who will make decks that you will see something very similar to show up at the Pro Tour. It'll be just a little bit tuned better, or it'll be incorporating a lot of the ideas. But he comes up with, like, these really interesting lists. So he ended up winning that PPTQ on the weekend. And he played both in standard. The Oath deck? He was playing like Naya or no. Uh, oh, with evolutionary red, leap, red, white, green, no red, white, green, uh, planeswalkers. Okay. The red oath, the white oath and the green oath. Like oath of Nyssa, oath of Chandra, oath of Gideon. Okay. And it was fucking awesome. Because. He sits there and he has like a Dragon Lord of Tarka in there. He's got some Sylvan Advocates. He's got uh, Secure the Wastes. He's got Gideon in his deck. So he's like doing kind of like the green white tokens thing. He's got red. He can drop some Chandras down. He can cast all of his Planeswalkers because he's got the green oath. He's got the white oath, which is really cool because he's like playing against like these Grixis decks or he's playing against the black green uh, Seasons Pass deck. And he can drop Gideon. And fire off, uh, fire off the uh, the what do you call that? The when they their their special ability thing. When you ultimate? get the huh? not the ultimate, but the emblem. So emblem. he can drop a Gideon emblem, and Gideon's still alive. He oh, that makes Nahiri, sense. And he does the plus one on Nahiri, and then the next turn he does another plus or plus two on Nahiri, and then he can ultimate Nahiri, and Nahiri's still alive. So he's getting all this like really weird value and like the two tokens were doing work for him. So it's like both the Gideon follow up with Gideon, make my creatures into two twos. I still have a Gideon. I still have blockers so I can do that kind of angle. And he had all these like really interesting plays where it's just like all these planeswalkers coming in with an extra loyalty on them just was really working. He also was playing uh, whatever the, the, the werewolf planeswalker is. Aaron Corp or something like that. Yeah. Arlen so, Corp. yeah. So he was, he was dropping that out and he was just getting all these like weird little value plays off of his like tokenish deck. Um, he had the uh, enchantment, like flash enchantment to uh, exile things, uh, the flash o ring or whatever it's called, stasis snare, I think. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, the deck was just working and it was just outvaluing these things. And he's playing against like the black ring control deck that can literally just start looping seasons past and start killing all of your stuff. And he's still winning the games. 
because he can go really wide on that deck because he has the ability to drop a Gideon, make it into something threatening, and force them to deal with it, but still come out on top. Because it's like he drops down, he gets, a, he gets his emblem, and Gideon's still there. So now he's got like a plant token that's all of a sudden a threat, and he can get some early damage in. He's doing all of these things that he can kind of just haste out some damage on his opponent. It was really, really interesting to watch uh, how the deck played for a couple rounds. So he's trying to put it together because the tough part where he ran into is this is a season where we've actually got an RPTQ in Edmonton. The last time we had an RPTQ in Edmonton, I think there was like 16 players. Oh, wow. Like it is the smallest RPTQ on record was the last Edmonton RPTQ. So, okay. He got is that just because it's harder to travel up there? Yeah, nobody ever wants to come to Edmonton. Okay. Like, we are one of the northmost cities, and we are the northmost city in North America of a million people, and flights up here suck, and there's nothing else around here, and everything's expensive to travel to here, especially in Canada. Flying in Canada is terrible, but we are really hard to get to for all that kind of stuff. So nobody wants to travel up here. So he's got an invite to the Edmonton RPTQ. He's got an invite to the RPTQ when Edmonton's got one. He's just the TO for it. So he's oh, playing it. So no. he's just like feeling the daggers that, of course, he's getting invited to an RPTQ that he's the TO for. So now he has to like play online or he's going to try and do a vacation somewhere else to play in a different one. So we, we got all yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, really such a cool deck. Yeah, I'm going to try and get his list. He was going to send it to me because I want to try and jam it online a little bit. Um, if I do get it, I might just ask him if I can share it with the world so our listeners can take a look at it because the fucking deck was good, man. And he keeps doing that. Like when I had to play him in the finals of the last PPTQ, he was doing it on a Grixis Planeswalker deck. Like it was the Legion of Doom Planeswalker deck. <laughs> so. Nice. I started playing Standard this weekend and I'm just playing Four Color Rights. So. Yeah, that's, there was a bit of that. exciting. And that's a neat deck. Kind of yeah, it's, it's nice being able to do something infinite times. So yeah, infinite times good. is a thing. That is definitely a thing. So, yeah, I did uh, Terrible at Magic. I played two rounds and decided I hated my life. <laughs> and then I traded a whole bunch of stuff in and got a Expedition. So I do have this sweet expedition. Do I have an address or someone I can send it to? Yes, uh, we'll get that. I'll get that to you. Yeah, because like person, I'm not trying to screw you out of things. I just don't know where to send things. Yep. To. If I can get yep, a list yep. of things to send to people, I'll go and do that. Yep, that's all coming out. Uh, I'm sending all that stuff your way tomorrow. So Sweet. Uh, I have a lot of house cleaning to do, beings that uh, finals are finally over. And that the semester is finally over. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we still have a bunch of people who have not sent me, sent me info on your, uh, to claim your prizes. If you still want to do that, um, all the list of the list of winners is on in the show notes of our live episode that you can check out on minute deprived. And um, yeah, uh, let us know. I'm going to close the mailing of prizes in just to save my own sanity in two or three weeks. So please get your information in if you want your prizes. Yes. Sounds good. Um, I also scrubbed out of a 
PPTQ, Jared. Oh, good. Oh, oh shit. You. We all scrubbed out. Sure. I went 0-2 at a three-round FNM. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I uh, actually played played two losses. I played, it was modern. Six people showed up for it. And I went, I went 0-2. And then I conceded to the guy playing Lantern before we sat down because I fucking hate that deck. Well, at least the Lantern deck finally got its concession. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Oh, is that so like, KYT, like how terrible karma play? Go? Yeah, talk, talk about you. But I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, uh, I enjoyed playing for once uh, instead of being on the organization part of it. And, and uh, it's cool to have people be... It hasn't been that long since I've been competitive, but it, it's good to walk in a room and have people surprised that I'm playing and that I'm not part of the organization process. Uh, I decided to pick up something. I was losing constantly online with any version of whether it be uh bank company or bank humans that Yuya came up with yeah. when he 16, the GP, what I figured out with that deck was that it was too over reliant on Thalia's Lieutenant to make everything really jam. Like if you had Lamp Holt, uh, pacify, uh, you, Needed Lieutenant to make it a, a 4 4, yeah. or you needed Dramoke's Command. You need basically a lot of synergy. But when you had those pieces, like I would kill a lot of people when I drew Thalia's Lieutenant and pumped my entire team. It was, again, the one card I wanted to get off of company. But when you didn't have those certain pieces, stuff like Knight of the White Orchid that's only a 2 2 in a world with a bunch of 2 3s. You're kind of you're kind of fucked. It's not a really good deck once you don't have all the pieces. So I didn't like that. I, I was either losing or doing okay. Um, so then I stumbled into the fun Sam Black Black Aurora deck that he broke through. So, sort of he didn't break through, but it sort of caught everyone's attention when he made top sixteen. Wrote an article about it. Thought that he had s- several favorable matchups across the board. Decided to play in the mocks on Friday, so that was enough for me to tell my friend William Blonin to just build a list for me uh, if he could, and I would play it on Saturday. He was he was the judge for the Saturday's PPTQ, so he's happy to build a deck for me, and I decided to try it out, and of course, a lot of people who have had seen it was really skeptical about the list, thought it looked bad, uh, and because of the great Aurora, and they were skeptical how good that card is. And I'm not sure myself, because I've played roughly between the PPTQ and online at least 15 to 16 plus matches with it. And I've never actually casted the card because <laughs> it's even if I'm ahead on board and with cards in my hand, it's not a guaranteed uh, edge. And most of the time when I'm tutoring, for a big mana spell between Great Aurora or Ulamog, I was always getting Ulamog to win me the game. So I'm still not sure how good that card is. And overall, my impressions of the deck, there's a lot of cards that I'm not sure are great. For example, the Hydra, the six mana Hydra, that he uses to fetch a mirror pool, because... In this format, it just seems there's a lot of spot removal, ultimate prices and everything, so the Hydra would die a lot. I would lose the Temple War a lot, or they'd have Reflector Mage or something, so lost a lot of Temple casting it. Getting Mirror Pool didn't seem that significant, because I never used it, because it requires you to get one of your few Land of War Wastes 
to even get it to to work. So a lot of times I would have the mirror pool and not have that. So then I would rather get the manland to be the black, uh, the green black manland to be to have a more reliable thing land that did something. So there's that. There's the uh, the pulse of Marassa, I think, uh-huh. where you got back a land or a creature and gained six life. Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like in the early going, it's kind of shit uh, because you need like sometimes you hope you have an evolving wild and it's like how is that impressive um or you don't have any targets in the bin so a lot of cards are sort of weird and and i didn't feel like i could beat green white tokens on the draw if they had a decent start just because i mean that that gets hard to beat in general anyways when they go turn uh, they have a two drop and then they go turn three nissa turn four gideon and with just this deck just having one way of killing a planeswalker. It only has one copy of the uh, what's that spell called again? One copy Ruinous of Path. Ruinous Path. I mean, you're not really going to stop that plan. And then it's hard. You know, it, it's obviously missing a card like Ugin uh, from the previous format to be able to reset the board. So I found that was difficult. But everything else, I had fun playing the deck, just ramping and casting big things. So I'm looking forward to improving the deck. I went 3-3. I lost to green-white tokens, lost to green-red goggles ramp, and lost to some other deck. I don't remember. Um, I'm looking forward to improving the deck. And I see people have different opinions, even in Sam Black's article, whether they like Sylvan Advocate or not in the deck, because they say that you know, they don't like it as much against the aggressive decks because they have better Sylvan Advocates because they have that backed up by Jamulka's Command. And that's not my impression at all. I always thought, playing the bank company side, that the Ramp deck had better Sylvan Advocates and Tyler's Trackers because they're playing Nissa's Pilgrimage and Explosive Vegetation and shit like that, making it more likely that their Sylvan Advocates become four fives much faster. Yeah, that that's a big deal. Like, when when you're playing the mirror, when I was playing that deck, whoever's advocate got bigger first was just they got so much damage and they got so further far, uh, further ahead. Like life total really does matter in those types of matchups. Yeah, like I'm playing against ramp and I'm like, like my two th- they're gonna make four fives before my my guys become four fives and and for people commenting, I think it's a either a low sample size of them constantly getting blown out by advocate advocate and then the other guy having dramoka's command right away but in this matchup you don't really even care if they do that because that doesn't put them past the languish range and you're playing three dark petitions with one language main but then you have three languishes in the sideboard so you know, if, if they're doing that yeah whatever and they're not always going to have that whereas you're always going to have lots of Nissa's pilgrimage and explosive vegetations and other cards that just put lands into play for you. Uh, and even so, I, I feel that the ramp decks definitely have the better advocates and they obviously have the better tireless trackers. Um, so, okay. overall, I have a good impression of the deck, so I'm, I'm excited to work on it just because Dark Petition feels really good to cast it. And I realize that it's tricky post board. Um, not to side out too many cheap spells, because ideally you always want spell mastery to be on, 
And in order for that to happen, you have to have some combination of, of cheap spells that you're going to cast early on for that. You, ideally, you duress into Milgram's uh, Nissa's Pilgrimage. Now you're at five. Now you're able to do Dark Petition and actually cast Runa's Path or whatever you need to cast at three mana uh, right away. So I found that was the mistake when I made sideboarding when I was siding out too many early drops, especially spells. Like I'm like, oh, I don't need this stuff. But then I would have Dark Petition in my hand. I'm like, fuck, I'm so behind on tempo because I don't have Spell Mastery. But yeah, I'm loving the deck, and I will continue to work on it, even though people think it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I'm pumped. Well, I mean, so this is kind of a meta question, but I hear you talk about playing this playing against the Red Green Ramp deck, because mm-hmm. I've heard that deck is bad. Yeah, a lot of pros think, think the deck's bad. In what deck? The Red Green Ramp deck. Oh, yeah. Like, the Goggles decks are, like, not a thing anymore. But no, right. when you're preparing for these, like, mid-level events, like PPTQs and stuff, how, when you metagame, and KYT, you've done this a lot more than I have, uh, being that you've played just a lot more competitive standard than I have, when you right. look at a metagame, how far, de- how developed do you speculate a metagame is? Like, the, PT- like the PPTQ metagame, for example? Are you looking at like, oh, I'm I'm listening to what the pros are saying, and I'm looking on Magic Online results because they're two weeks ahead, or are you kind of scaling? Are you trying to find a middle ground of like what people are actually going to play versus what people uh, in the know might be playing? So at at so the PPTQ level, I don't think about it as much anymore. Okay. I think the field is usually softer and it's just people that just want to play the deck that they, that they like a lot more. Um, whereas in PTQs and GPs, I really, yeah, I really thought looked at the online metagame and looked at recent live events, what was succeeding. And there's always a clear indicator of, of what was there. And for example, if I was playing a PTQ or GP, it's just like obviously green white tokens is something I'm surely metagaming for. And the rest of the decks, you know, I'll just take somewhat into account whether it be like something like like Esper Dragons, I'm not, you know, too focused on. It'll be on my radar uh, for uh, four color rights, uh, bank company, stuff like that. Okay. Uh, but the PTQ level, I, I tend to not. Uh, Outside of like the main deck, like the rest, it's it's just too hard to. I think it's pretty spread out. Like red green goggles, I, I played against that. I even played against um, some funky Jun deck. I think that I haven't seen a lot. So there are people just playing different stuff at, at this particular level. Um, so outside of the obvious, I don't put too much effort into the the meta game. I, okay. I think what it's got to be is it's got to be a, an understanding of your local area. Because, mm-hmm, again, yeah. I picked my deck because I wanted to play against... I, want, I thought it was going to be a great matchup against green-white tokens. Wasn't, it wasn't in my tournament. Like, our metagame is well past that. Our metagame was multiple people playing Grixis decks, multiple people playing four-color rights decks. Like, everybody had gone and said, well, green-white tokens is the past, and they all put it in the past. There was still, like, some mono white humans decks and that kind of stuff but like at our tournament my metagame is right up to date with people and okay. i think we're 
an answer to your question is I've always heard it that you have two choices. You can play the deck that can win the tournament, or you can play the deck that'll get you to the finals. Like, you can play the deck that'll get you to the top eight, or you can play the deck that'll win the tournament. And the deck that'll win the tournament is very vulnerable to things like maybe Green Red Ramp. Maybe Green Red Ramp is the type of deck that will beat the crap out of a whole bunch of things. Maybe it's the deck that'll actually win the tournament because it'll beat everybody in the top eight because the best players are just don't think the deck's real and they're willing to play a bad matchup to it because they don't think that they're going to face it. But if you're lucky and you manage to get yourself to the finals, you've got this like ridiculous edge on everybody. So like there's a deck that might get you to the finals really well. Um, or there's a deck that might just win the tournament. And the deck that gets you to the finals really well might be the deck that's really bad against green or red green, but you don't think you're going to play against it. So like there's those two different things where it's like, who am I trying to beat? Am I trying to beat the field or am I trying to beat the best players in the room? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's not a, yeah, it's not an easy, it's a challenge. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just have to, Get lucky with with the matchups you do end up receiving. Um, like as a and, modern yeah. player, that's your entire life. You you <laughs> yeah. can't yeah. <laughs> build a deck that's going to beat everything. You just have to go down and sit down and say, okay, in order for me to top eight this tournament, I need to not play against these decks, or I can only afford to play against these decks once. And if I do play against these decks twice, I really need the matchup to really break the trend and go my way in order to kind of like dodge that bullet. But like, you just have to sit there and say like, if you're playing John, you're just like, I don't want to see Tron. I'm going to play John knowing that I have a great match for everywhere else. But if I see Tron, like I will probably lose that match. So I want to play today and I don't want to run into Tron. I just want to avoid Tron altogether. Um, to, like if I had a PPTQ next weekend, uh, standard one, uh, Matt, I, I, I go what, Jared said at the PPTQ level, like PTQs were slightly different because you had people, at least in the Montreal area, that were driving from like Ontario, that were driving from the west, that were driving uh, from south of the border, uh, that were coming to compete for that blue envelope. But now with the PPTQ, it's more local to the card store, and I know most of the players. And uh, from what I saw last tournament, most the more most popular deck by significant margin was green-white tokens, and if I had a tournament this upcoming weekend, that's the only deck that I would make 100% sure I was prepared for not just the main deck, but the sideboard as well. Make sure that deck is, uh, that matchup is winnable, and go from there. Uh, I wouldn't worry about all those random, like, I pro- the one red-green goggles guy I faced was probably the only guy playing it in the 36-player um, PPTQ that I was in, so I don't worry about that too much and just focus on what I saw multiple copies of. And, and with my eyes, it was just green-white tokens, actually. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm always happy to answer any questions you have, Matt, because I know that you, you constantly strive to, to get better. And you can always ask uh, GP finalist Jeremy Schofield <laughs> and uh, myself with less credentials. So... Uh, <laughs> You know, we're we're always here to help you. Must be better player. <laughs> Remember, folks, grab a bag of dice. <laughs> yeah. Roll high so you can win your Avison restored. Yeah. 
I mean, so many people tried to do what you, you couldn't do. Like Mike Sigris in New York City tried to run all the way to a perfect record, didn't, wasn't able to do it. And uh, the guy in Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't do it. Couldn't do it. It's too hard. You were one match away. I know. Were, oh, could have gone down in magic history. As yeah, thanks. Like, <laughs> oh, look. They're not completely scarred over. They're still fresh. <laughs> I, I, I wonder, though, if you're the only one who made it to the finals, though. Uh, nope. I'm one of three. Okay. I'm one of three as of the last time I looked into it. Okay. So. Well, the other two guys didn't make it to even the semis, I think. So. No, those guys, no. I, the, the two that had done it had done it before me. Okay. I don't think anybody's done it since I've done it. All right. But there's been a lot of close calls with a lot of guys who have been knocked out in the top eight or in the top four. Have either of you had experience with the Great Aurora, the card? The no. Great Aurora? I had to read it. Because you need... Because it's like... Uh, Jerry, you know what it does? It's like all the permits and the number of permits you have plus the number of hands. Uh, not the number of cards <laughs> in your hand. That's how much you get after you shuffle everything uh, in. Goodness, no, okay, I don't know what this card is. Is this like a Warp World type thing? Okay, so each player shuffles all cards from his or her hand and all permanents he or she owns into his or her library, then draws that many cards. Each player may put any number of land cards from his or her hand onto the battlefield. Exile the Great Aurora. So the idea is that all your ram spells are like two-for-ones, right? Or more. Some of them are more. For example, uh, what I'm thinking about is... Nissa's Renewal, of course, gets you three basic lands. So that's a three for one. You gain seven life. And then if you have a Tyler's Tracker, you get a bunch of fucking clues. And all of that will add up to usually a higher total than your opponent. But of course, you draw all these cards and you're really hoping that most of them are lands so that you can play them and not be forced to discard. Um, Because if you're forced to discard, you're not getting you're losing part of the edge that you're getting by casting the Great Aurora. So you're, ideally, you hope you get a bunch of lands, and you hope to be able to like, slam a big threat, like an Ulamog, I guess. But you only play one, and, or I guess a World Breaker would be fine. So having not actually cast it, I'm not really sure how backbreaking it is. I, I, I just I s- feel like it's way too cute. Yeah. yeah. So, LSV, the only thing... I really know about it is that like I was listening to LS listening to Twitter and LSV tweeted about that any eight mana card that you play and doesn't immediately win you the game like it did for him shouldn't really be what you're doing. And it's and this is nine mana too. Oh yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> two less you could cast cruel ultimatum. <laughs> Not in this format, but you could cast cruel ultimatum. We can go play some modern. You can cast Cruel Ultimatum. So my friend Jay Lansdow was just saying maybe maybe you should just uh, jam more Ulamogs and a card that might fit better in this deck than uh, the Hydra is maybe this is the home for the Bellower uh, that is largely a forgotten card because now you have more options. Now you can bring back Tireless Tracker. Tireless Tracker or a Sylvan Advocate and that would be fine. Yeah, um, that's I, not terrible. A lot of times, especially when you're already at six, that means you are for sure bringing a four or five. Whereas when I was like Hydra, 
it's it's just no trample, just has reach, so it's just a big dumb dude. Take bring a mirror. Yeah, I had to play against it in the binder rares deck. <laughs> <laughs> bring back mirror pool. They kill my hydra, and I'm like fuck. Whereas if I had a tracker or a four or five as well, hey, not looking too bad uh, for my six man investment. Um, so that's something I'm I'm looking to try out. I think it's actually just straight up better. Um, it's it's and it's a largely forgotten card, the Bellower, because at the time people were like, oh man, it doesn't work with Nissa. Yeah, so. it can't go with Nissa. What? It's not good. What? What? What <laughs> could I bring? I remember trying to fit it, and it's just like I was getting these unimpressive cards with it. But I think Tracker and Advocate, because they're both pretty solid late game as well, right? So maybe, just maybe uh, Bellower's the one, the man for me. But that was my adventure, and maybe like I'll try to play more online, and um, maybe there's a real-life PPTQ I will play at this weekend. IRL PPTQ. Yeah, I have an IRL PPTQ to uh, this weekend, but it's on my like birthday party day. Mm. So I'm having a barbecue, but there's also a PPTQ, and it's at my LGS, and I didn't realize we also have like a modern 1.5k. Like it's the the local game store is just like rented a hall, and he's trying to do a 1.5k. I need to move move to a bigger magic area. Yeah, you need to move to the middle of nowhere where we all just play magic. <laughs> that, that is Edmonton. So yeah, we're doing like a 1.5k. He's renting out a hall. I think he's he's capped it at 100 players uh, for space, and I think he had somewhere around 50 uh, 50 players uh, pre uh, pre uh, registered uh, as of the weekend. So. I don't know. I, I think I'm gonna put together this new version of the Dredge de- uh, deck and uh, see what happens. Sweet. So, yeah. I'm not looking forward to trying to find collected companies. Cocos. Yeah. Why would you find collected companies? Uh, I need them for four color rights because I have literally everything else. Oh, okay. And they well, are the there is uh, this online store called Je Passe Pass. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for for this weekend, I'm also excited to see how how many show up for a first uh, open in Moncton. Uh, what we've never oh, been yeah. there, so I think that's going to be fantastic. I think that you're going to have. So I think too. you're going to have GP Top Eight competitor, GP Toronto Top Eight competitor, Mike Sheng there. Yeah, yeah, Mike Sheng. He's he's the um, early favorite. And Cappy. the guy who XO'd for for most of uh, GP Toronto until he he just like totally um, the wheels came off after after the tenth round Brian Larder so um, hoping to see uh, hoping to see a lot of people go and and um, excited to see because it's a modern open so excited to also see if what the uh, eastern part of Canada has in store. Is there going to be a lot of Jeskai Control? Is there going to be a lot of uh, Jun, Red Green, Tron? So, going to be Los Angeles, Moncton Open, lots of modern uh, this weekend to look forward to, and I look forward to the top eight lists. Cool. So, that's a wrap, boys. That is a wrap. Riggedy wrap. Okay, so I we'll see you guys you next week. All.
and then nah. it's birthday birthday stream birthday <laughs> birthday cast we're recording on my birthday so i get the birthday yeah yeah you're either going to be hungover or drunk see i'm super lame uh because why not i'm a dad i get to be super lame these days so i'm really stoked because it's a long weekend my birthday falls on the monday of the long weekend we're not working so i'm really excited on friday when we have our morning meeting to be able to tell my crew that they're not coming to work because it's my birthday it's the worst fucking joke possible and i am so excited to get to say it <laughs> like, hashtag dad jokes yes it is so bad and i am just so fucking stoked for it like oh, i can't wait yeah. So well, I really need some exciting things to happen in my life here because this is the type <laughs> of shit that gets me fucking going. Um, and if anybody knows how to win fucking Shadows Over in a Shred Seal, please just fucking tell me because I am desperate. Uh, tweet me, tweet me any decent fucking articles that you've read or anything like that because I'm just I'm really behind on my reading. I I, I am fucking desperate. I joined a league. I built a deck. Keep doing. I played a match jacking. and a half. And I just fucking dropped. I just, I didn't want to play that anymore. Like, I am, I am so fucking, I, I am as far away from where I need to be to play in an RPTQ successfully than there is physically possible, so. Jer, Jer, how hard would it be for you to record yourself just doing the deck building process? Oh, it wouldn't be hard at all. I've got all the tools to do it. Maybe you just do that. Post it on uh, YouTube or whatever, and then... And then have people see if there's anything wrong with your process. And no one will watch it. It's on YouTube. Well, I think I think I'll watch it. People, I think people will watch it more than Jay's stream. So yeah, so I'll have like yeah. three people. That's. I mean, <laughs> Matt will watch it. That's I'll like watch a 50% it. Fifty percent increase. Yeah, like fuck two people. I've already I've already matching Jay's numbers. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think it'd be interesting. I All honestly right. think it'd be interesting. I think just do a league record just the building process yeah and then yeah maybe like you're missing a key card that a lot of us would auto slam put in our deck so yeah. do that I'll just vomit ticket value might as well maybe i'll do that and I'll, like we'll tweet it out we'll tweet help jer yeah. <laughs> with sealed i think we'll get more than just a handful of people hashtag it takes a village yeah i i guarantee yeah. it <laughs> All right. The metagrade is there, man. The metagrade. Yeah. I, oh. I will I will abuse the metagrade. Okay. If, <laughs> it's so good. If I uh it probably won't be tomorrow. It's tomorrow, like a so goddamn Marcel it. What? You have to you have to do it before like Thursday, right? Uh so, so maybe Wednesday, yeah, because seriously, the month of May is crazy in my house because like my daughter's birthday is on the tenth, my wife's on the seventeenth, I'm on the twenty-third. Like we are just a May family. Sister in law's on the sixteenth. Like, it's a very busy month for us. So, yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday, I might, yeah, I'll try and do this on Wednesday. By the way, speaking of Wednesday, uh, you will hear this on Thursday, but if you are curious about my deck, I am posting a very long, I'm, KYT, you better be ready for this. Uh, it's uh, going up on Mana Deprived to, uh, Wednesday, yesterday. Uh, it's my red green LD primer for the deck. Is Sideboard this because like somebody else made a thing and said, "Oh yeah, this land destruction deck is the deck to go with," and like they picked a, a suboptimal list, 
And you guys were <laughs> yeah. like, this is outrageous. Our deck's way better than that one. Why did he pick that list? It's bad. <laughs> Partially. That's a response to that. The real guide to red yeah. green. <laughs> the IRL guide. That's what you would get from SCG. Can you make, can you actually do a column, Matt, and we call it from the metagrain? <laughs> yeah, as long as we can, we can figure out a spelling for metagrain. I want a Wait, y How would you there. spell metagrain, Jared? I want a how Y in there. You want a Y? I want a Y in there. Like, how? G? <laughs> like, meta, meta, G R. <laughs> A Y N E M E D A G R A Y N. Yeah, leave it at N. You could throw an E on there because we're Canadians. We like extra vowels for no fucking That's reason. That's true. That's true. See, that might get you some extra Canadian reads. You know, you might get a couple more click throughs. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm excited to put it all on paper. And just really get everybody get it all out there, because it's all the last four months has basically been just working on this. All right, yeah. See you all on the other side of the metagrain. <laughs> Bye. Love you all. <laughs>